0: The pandemic, social unrest,
1: the state house, and the White House. You are listening to the John DePietro show.
0: It's John DePietro on AM 1380 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. Petro.com. there's snow, there's ice out there. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340. The original, the best, did someone damage your vehicle, maybe someone skidded on some ice, call West Fountain Auto Body, 272-3340. Now remember, if you're ever in an accident or someone you work with or a family member or a friend, call, four words, West Fountain Auto Body, 272 3340 located 400 west fountain street in providence it's west front road buddy well they're going to continue with this senate impeachment trial and the reason why i think if they want to waste time they're going to waste time but let's just be very clear it's not going to go anywhere it's not going anywhere they took a vote yesterday they need 17 republican senators to float said to, to uh, flip 17 republican senators to flip and it's not going to happen yes i think it's a waste I, I don't agree with that, and I'll, and I'll tell you why, and it's because they're not going to get this anyway. They are not going to convict this president. You need 17 Republican senators to flip on this, and they're not going to flip. So if they want to drag this out, meaning the Democrats, and I know they're having the big day with Rhode Island Congressman David Cicilline and others. If they want to use up all this week— and they feel that they can wrap it up if I were the republicans keep it going then now next week is the break and the schedule right now you know they're actually saying that they may try to get a vote either uh they could you know go into the weekend saturday even into sunday who knows maybe it even goes into to monday but if that's how they want to use up the time and dominate all the news coverage and keep playing you know the video over and over as I've said in the past, I think it was a protest that that got out of control. There were protests all the time, every day, or used to be, in Washington and outside the Capitol. And the way that it is now being depicted, Morning Joe now is calling everyone that was there a cop killer. That is atrocious. That is completely wrong. They're trying to depict everyone that was there as white supremacist. This is being done to damage the Republican Party, really damage President Trump but they're trying to embarrass you if you're a Trump supporter. They want all Trump supporters to, to start to say, no, I, I wasn't a Trump supporter and I would never support him. And, and it's gonna be nonstop. Now we don't know what happened within the crowd. And, and you can see some of the footage, obviously, you know, you don't know, people were fired up. People felt, you know, how come I don't have a right to be in front of the Capitol or on the steps of the Capitol. And the majority of the people never entered that building. You know, all summer long and into the, the, the fall, we always heard about the peaceful protesters and most of the crowd was peaceful. That can go both ways. Why can't that go both ways? If you want to play that game, you know, most of the people that were there were peaceful protesters. Yes, that is true. Some people wanted to get inside. And they wanted to be in the gallery and they wanted to confront people. But you can't have a situation where everyone keeps saying this could have happened and this almost happened. And imagine if they had gotten their hands on Nancy Pelosi and imagine if they had gotten their hands on Mike Pence and and Cicilline saying, imagine if they could. have You know, that just doesn't go anywhere. The fact is that none of that happened. Uh, The fact is that there was there was no uh, there was no legislative. There's no congressperson, no senator. There was no one like that that was uh, apprehended, that was beaten. Who knows? You know, look at some of the crowd. Um, a, a lot of the crowd, they they make a lot of the guy with the horns. You see the people as they go into the Senate. There's that? I noticed they didn't show the video inside the Senate where they're talking to one of the Capitol police saying, listen, you guys really need to leave. You shouldn't be in here. And what they do, they left. So it's very one-sided. I recognize that the media is going against it. And listen, there were, t- there were two deaths, and they're, they're both terrible. They are unfortunate. I, I don't know. We don't, still don't know what exactly what happened with that Capitol police officer who returned to his office later in the day and collapsed. And um, we haven't heard exactly what happened. We know that Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed. She was an unarmed uh, Air Force veteran who was shot and killed inside the Capitol. As far as some of the other people, they had uh, health emergencies, but it was outside on the sidewalk. One of them, it even actually happened over at the Trump speech. So, you know, if they want to try to gin this up and get everyone excited, I think the fact that the Trump legal team that came in and they certainly brought the ear out of the ball and slowed it down, you're not going to out gin them, you know, or out excite them with your own video. So they took a different tact, but it's not going to go anywhere. It shouldn't go anywhere. It, it's, it's unfortunate what was happening. Um, but if they feel that they want to take up this time doing it it just means that's that's just more things that president biden is not getting done and it's being done to damage you and the president and the republican party this business of all trump supporters of white supremacists and cop killers it's really atrocious all right a lot more ahead right here on the john petro show well it's a challenge to run your business these days maybe you need to find the right type of workers why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508 336 7801. MEGA, MEGA professionals, 508 336 7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work, you need drivers, certified help, part time, full time, maybe weekend work. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA Professionals help you find the workers. MEGA Professionals, 508-336-7801.
2: 321 2799 That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com.
0: While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the queen of health. 401 401- 305-3585. You've seen the, her store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health. Because, folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop in and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies, want understand quality, integrity, local products, like the incredible acai berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport restaurant has over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas. The service is the best plus hemp and CBD products, plus massage therapy, reflexology, Pilates folks, stop it and see her. It's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Because remember, it's your health. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. You are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until two. It's AM 1380. 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. Petro.com folks joining me right now, he covers Rhode Island for the uh ever expanding Boston Globe staff covering Rhode Island, as a matter of fact. But it's Dan McGowan and Dan. Yesterday, Rhode Island Congressman David Cicilline, that is, uh, that there's no bigger stage than the stage that he was on yesterday.
1: Yeah, I mean, think about it there will be, uh, you know, a hundred years from now, the history books will show that the you know, congressman from Rhode Island was, uh, the been one of the people you know making the case for uh the conviction of a president right uh it's funny because you know we've had this two times in thirteen months, but you know back a year ago when you and I were talking or thirteen months ago when we were talking, we had to go back in history you know to a long time for for other aside from of course uh uh you know the the Clinton, but we had to go back even further than that and and there was lots of you know what happened, what were the Rhode Island members of Congress doing, and in this case, this you know again a hundred years from now, two hundred years from now, we're going to be talking we won't be, but folks will be talking about how Rhode Island had a major role and i, I don't know about you john i mean I, I expected uh David Cicilline to do to kind of perform exactly the way he performed he He knows that moment very well. He he, was a defense attorney before he got into politics. So he knew what he was doing. Um, and, you know, again, I don't think it matters because I don't think they're gonna get the 17 votes that they need on the Republican side to convict the president or the former president. But uh, he did what he needed to do. And I think once again, David Cicilline continues to kind of rise to the occasion as a bit of an, uh, in democratic politics.
0: You know, Jim McGowan, I don't um, agree, obviously, with his politics. However, he is someone, Congressman David Cicilline, you can make the argument that that is someone who's truly, when we talk about, hear them talk about people, you know, I think one time Patrick Lynn said he was addicted to public service. But yesterday, to me, was an example that should he choose to, he could be making a fortune as as an attorney in private practice, but but chooses to do that. And as a matter of fact, yesterday... He mentioned that, you know, he, his former career, he was a, a, a defense attorney. Yeah. I
1: mean, look, he's a guy who, <coughs> who enjoys, I think. uh I think he enjoyed the courtroom, by the way, it's the same reason th- th- there's been a long running argument about David Cicilline about, you know, was he a good mayor? Was he a bad mayor? You know, is he a good legislator? Is he, is it better to be a legislator? And in the case of him, uh you know, being a legislator, being able to kind of make your argument. He loves going on TV. He loves being able to kind of play the political game. And then he loves these moments. And all of these things happen when you're a legislator. They don't happen as much when you're the mayor, right? When you're charged with having to balance a budget yourself. And when you're, you know, when you're having to do the things that all mayors have to do, uh, by the way, same way for, I think, any executive. The governor faces this in many ways in Rhode Island, too. But uh, he's almost made for kind of this kind of moment. And you're right. I mean, the guy clearly, if he if he did want to uh, uh, get out of politics, I think he'd be probably one of the highest... I think he would be the highest-priced lawyer in Rhode Island.
0: Yeah, if he wanted to be in D.C. He yeah. could be in D.C. Good or, point. Good or point. wherever. So, but that was also... You know, you have the story on it. And just the backdrop, number one, unbelievably raises his profile. Number two, the ability to raise money. Yep. And number three, little stuff. You know, if uh, he's strolling into a D.C. restaurant or whatever time, it's a pretty good way to get a quick table or be invited for a Saturday night dinner party at, you know, someone from the Washington Post or someone that's having it like that. It's um in the world that he's in, he has. I I think more than than anyone else. Maybe Sheldon Whitehouse is in that world a little bit, but he he really has embraced D.C. And he's, you know, I've spoken to people that they are. It's a force. When he comes into the room in Washington, D.C., people know who he is. Yeah, I I think you nailed it. I I don't even think it's close. I think
1: nobody in our congressional delegation, and maybe no one in our congressional delegation in a really long time, has been sort of a creature of D.C. the way that David Cicilline is. He... By the way, the guy does love to be up here because he loves the praise that he gets when he's, you know, again, in normal times, try to go to an event with, you know, to see him on the south side of Providence. It's like a parade mm. for the guy. Um, right. Right. So, he, you know, he has plenty of support up here. He loves that, but he, he, he you know, it, it's even more meaningful. None of these guys would say this, you know, publicly, but when you start to get noticed, right, when you start to, uh, you know, but when you don't have to necessarily always wear the pin on your, uh, you know, right. on your lapel to get noticed, that really does matter. And for people out there listening, it's probably a little bit of, oh my God, these guys are egomaniacs. Well, there is some truth to that. And, uh, and these are the kind of moments where you become a star and you've mentioned it. And let's not uh, forget about it. The ability to raise money off of this. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, here's a guy who, is still facing the scenario where he's going to have to run statewide in two years if we lose a congressional seat. It doesn't hurt to be able to, you know, sock away a million or two million bucks here where, and put everybody else in a spot that, that you know, potentially wants to take their one chance against, you know, against the congressman. Well, good luck if, if he's sitting on four or five million bucks by, you know, by sometime in 2022.
0: Yeah, he is um, He is very uh, effective out on the campaign trail, as you said. People line up. I just go back to 2012. Uh, Brendan Daugherty, who challenged him, the Republican 2012. Brendan Daugherty was at the Marriott waiting for results. David Cicilline was standing outside the Juanita Sanchez yeah. complex uh, as the staff was handing out pizza. He was out there. It doesn't take anything to chance. I think he was out there until like 930 at yeah. night. But this this is someone... He he is very good what he does. I think that's that's um, an interesting observation that you notice. I I agree with you. I think he's he's more comfortable and embraces being the legislator as opposed to being the CEO, chief executive as a mayor.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and by the way, if you're the there's something if you talk to any of these guys, and I've read lots from you know from some of the big city mayors, guys like former Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel, things like that. They all say being the mayor is the best job you could ever do. And the reason is always the same. Mayor Lorz says this. Mayor, Congressman Cicilline now says this. It's that, well, you can see the change every single day, right? right. You can, you can sure. literally fill a pothole that makes someone's life easier or whatever. The problem is is that in between all of those lovely things that you get to do for people is the real hard work of balancing budgets, of making tough decisions, of fighting with the unions and all of that part of those are the parts they don't talk about when you're a legislator you never have to deal with any of that stuff
0: that's it's right a much better yeah, job. yeah it, it is a better job folks so speaking with dan mcgowan of the boston globe and uh, there's a story in in the boston globe today Who has applied to be the next lieutenant governor of rhode island you know dan this is one of those things that um uh, and and your colleague ed fitzpatrick has a has a good story on it but i i think the way this whole thing evolved and First, they weren't sure about the process. Then you have a website. Then people are, you know, applying to it. And then at first they weren't going to release who applied. Then they did, uh, 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 you know, release the list. Uh, Take me through a little bit. What do you think this shows as far as. Some of the names, and I think you're you're still on the money on who seems to be the front runner here, but take us through the list a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think, the first of all, the only two people, who, the suckers who didn't apply are you and I <laughs> at this point. Uh, yeah. You know, when you're talking, you know, more than 60 applications uh, from all over the place. You know, and on one hand, John, I look at this and I say, I, I do think, to some degree, look, they, they know where they, generally where they want to go. They want a person of color. They want a person they're going to trust. They want someone who's gonna help them in 2022. That's why they've been zeroing in as we've been reporting for weeks on two people, the former mayor of Central Falls, James Siosa, and the city council president of Providence, Sabino Matos. Those seem to be the front runners, not saying that there's no one else that's getting a look, uh, but those are the two front runners. You look at all these, you look at some of these applications and some of us, we roll our eyes. You look at people who just seemingly run or apply for everything. but then there's a handful of people who are never going to get selected for this job, but they might get that call from the from the Governor in a week or two if he if he gets sworn in soon, and he says, "Hey, I'd really love you to help me on x on y whatever it is uh that's going to you know it even when it's uh local politics, I think you know when the governor calls, it is something nice they like to hear that. So I think they they have created something where they've got a handful of people who um they're gonna sort of tap. But again, make no mistake about it. They're in politics here, by the way, as they should be. There are a lot of people out there, there's a lot of I think analysts out there right now who are saying, Oh, pick a business person who, you know, who's gonna be completely separate from the politics. And that's just not the way I think. He's got an election, you know, less than two years away. He wants to pick somebody who's going to help him. And if, oh, by the way, they happen to be, you know, a good fit for the job, then that's wonderful. But this is all about the politics. And that's why you see, I think, Diosa and Matos as the kind of frontrunners right now.
0: You um put out the, the difference between the two of them. Did Diosa, did he miss an opportunity to put a little more meat under his application other than the I mean, it it almost looks like when people just put, I resign. Yeah. I mean, it, it was uh, glaring, the difference between the two of them. Do you think, was that a missed PR? He has
1: misplayed. The the reason this is even a conversation, the reason why there's even <clears> a <throat> chance, uh, you know, that he would not be selected as the, the lieutenant is that he has misplayed this hand almost the entire way. He, he, oh. before uh, the governor was named, even before she was, uh I guess the rumors were out there about her becoming the Commerce Secretary, but she hadn't been named yet. And uh, former Mayor Diosa made a lot of phone calls to a lot of key stakeholders. In fact, I he called Sabina Matos to ask for support uh to to mm. make you know to make the case to Dan McKee that he should be Lieutenant Governor. That frustrated a lot of folks, I think, in the McKee world. Mm. I think it made them, you know, think that he was, you know, kind of, how is he going to act when he's the lieutenant governor? Is he going to sidestep us? Is he going to use his own connections to do things? They put a lot of thought in their head. Um, And then you're right. I mean, you submit an application and you you essentially just say, I'm interested. Here's my resume. Basically, you know me. Um, and, And I think the problem with that is, let's say he does get selected. Again, I would not be surprised at all if he does. If he gets selected, you have 60 some odd people who are going to say, wait a minute, he didn't even show any thought in the one public thing that, that, he, that, that right. is out there. So he's, you're, you're going to face criticism. And by the way, this goes to, for, for all the somewhat upside, I would say, that, that you have for, for doing this public application process. The real downside, and there may be more downside than, than upside, is you're going to make enemies of 60 some people who don't get picked right everyone's going to have True. some sort of reason why they're going to say it was a fix if it was Diosa, they're going to say you know any number of reasons Sabino Matos wasn't isn't qualified or something like it's going to be a lot of that um, so yeah I mean and by the way go look at Matos's letter it was well thought out it was I thought yeah you know, humble in many ways it you know, wasn't yes. uh, I'd be <clears throat> not campaigning for it Um, and I think, yeah, I think it touched a lot of the folks in that McKee world. Uh, and so that's why you see those two kind of still as the seemingly
0: leaders, so to speak. Dean McGowan, a couple other people on the list, Elizabeth Beretta Perrick, touch on, on her. Why there's a member of the media that feels that she's, she's pretty close to being maybe a Yeah,
1: i I've heard that the, the name too, by the way, Democratic that's a significant person you know it means that you've mm. been on the ballot before right um now it's it's not the same it's not like campaigning in a in a you know close heated race but it means you know how to organize you know how to uh you know get some signatures people in theory know your name uh, again to some degree more so than um the the random people i, I would throw her in the sort of upper echelon of can uh uh wow. So I think that's a, a a real chance. Um you know, the more this gets the more we start talking about 3 and 4 and 5 people. I actually think that then benefits James Deosa because I think the Lieutenant Governor looks at this and says, all right, there's a bunch of people who, you know, I don't know that well, but they all look pretty good, but I'm going with the guy that I really know. Um and so there's part of me that thinks that, you know, the more it happens, the more Diosa looks good. But yeah, sh she would be uh Peric would be one of the other people who I think uh is certainly getting a close look.
0: Dylan Conley, I mean, you gotta be careful, otherwise it starts to look like you're at an auction where you just keep raising your paddle. We're in the bad race against Langevin. he's been rumored Premier of Providence, then just throws it. Yeah, and by the way, not,
1: you know not that I would be the best uh, person to you know if I were had to put together a cover letter, I'm sure I would screw it up too, but on his cover letter, you know it's letterhead Conley for Congress, which doesn't look very good. yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I think the hard part of this is is the Conley family has known you know Dan McKee from local politics for a really long I think as we talked about during the congressional race over the summer. Dylan Connolly's is a smart kid. He's a, you know, he's a, I say kid. He's a young man who is an attorney. He's been the chairman of the Providence Board of Licenses, which is a pretty high pressure um, role, but there's a little bit of, y- y- you nailed it. It's, it becomes this, this situation of, you know, you raise your hand for everything. It means you're almost, you know, boy who cried wolf. It becomes a little bit, I hate to say it, like Chris Young, day, right? Um, yes. where, where you run for everything. Um, my sense is there is potentially a spot for him in the administration if he wants it. Um, he is not going to get a deep look for Lieutenant Governor.
0: Like, I'm pretty confident for that. What last question? Were you surprised Aaron Ruggenberg? I was, uh, it's
1: it's an interesting move. It means your kind of rival is, is, uh, you you know, you, you, put it right out there. I'd like to be considered, um, the problem with it is, is that this isn't, you know, game theory, right? It's not, it's not what you would do in a game of The Sims. It's not Team of Rivals, right? And, and so, while he has a deep progressive base, I mean, look, if if Aaron Regenberg were to actually support you for governor, uh, given all of the support that Dan McKee likely has from moderates, I mean, Dan McKee would sign up every day. The problem is, is that. This would not be the partnership that Dan McKee wants. This would be, right? Absolutely it would be not. Dan McKee, the kind of moderate trying to govern through a crisis. And it would be, I think, the, the, you know, yeah. Aaron Regenberg, the activist, being an activist.
0: Folks, we're going to take a quick break a lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. Mega truck and trailer appear. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts 508. 336 2110 20 for our mobile service and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, mega truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today 508 336 2110. 508 336 2110. It's mega truck and trailer repair.
2: 321-2799 That's 401-321-2799 Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com
0: This winter, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today 401-521-0200 Make Henry Oil. Make the switch. Make Henry Oil your reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery company. 401 Five two one zero two hundred 200 residential commercial fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. It's Henry Oil serving most of Rhode Island and southeastern mass. Call them today 401 200 Remember with Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website henryoil.com or call them today 401. 401- 521 0200. Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today, 401 521 0200. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery, service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable, fuel oil delivery serving most of rhode island and southeastern mass it's henry oil call them 401-521-0200 this winter i'm asking you to switch to henry oil online at HenryOil.com. we're speaking with dan mcgowan of the boston globe well dan uh, yesterday are you surprised Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo and the Globe has had extensive coverage on where things stand with her nomination, the incoming governor. Were you surprised yesterday, out of nowhere, she seemingly made herself available to serve Yeah,
1: I, I am surprised in the sense that uh, I, you and I both know how this works, and uh, you, you know, get the call two minutes before to be in a place and be in the right place yep. at the right time. Um, I was surprised. Not be, You know, and, and admittedly, like the competitor in me, some level of jealousy, ask her the question. But the the, the problem sure. is you you don't actually come across looking very good. You look like you were trying to get away from the press. No. And I think, by the way, when you're doing it in a yeah. parking lot, it's not, a, it's not well lit. So, you know, it, this isn't the setting right. of, of being able to really control it. Um And doesn't have a great answer for why she, you know, the, the only news that she could possibly make is answering the question of why aren't you talking to the press, even though she's talking to the press in that moment. Uh, so I actually strategically didn't think it was all that of a move by the Ramundo people. And by the way, I think you and I would both agree over the last year, I think they've handled and is a word I hate, but it's true. They've handled the press masterfully, right? They've, They've handled this incredibly well, Um, and and this one was more thrown together. And it was, you know, it's almost like the, uh, you know, you're going to pick the 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 TV station and the journal, and you're going to say, hey, just you know, so we can get it out of our our hair. But it's not. This isn't going to stop until she's confirmed. uh, You know, as far as I'm concerned, she's still not talking to the media.
0: That's right. And you know, let's uh, let's just. I want to be accurate about it. You used to work there, but. Kim Calunian, who's the one in the snow, questioning the governor in the parking lot of the Statehouse, she's not even a reporter anymore. She's the anchor of the 4 o'clock news. So the the fact that it's not like she was out on the beat, and like, hey, let's just pull it and see if she pulls up. I mean, there, there's no way you get an anchor uh, out there unless right. it is prearranged. So, you know, I mean, I, I think, do you think this just shows they were feeling heat that she had not talked to the media since December 22nd? I, I still think, by the way, that, I I agree with you. I don't know if this really counts. Speaking of the media, um, it, it was kind of an odd setting, but they they did feel pressure because, as we know, impeachment is this week. Next week is their February recess, and then uh, th- this Dan McGowan, Governor Rondo, is uh, is just kind of hanging out there in the wind because this becomes politics to me between Ted Cruz it, and it, the it, Biden. One
1: hundred percent does, and and it's by the way, we should be very clear. There, you know, there's going to be a whole bunch of Democrats who are going to say. Uh, Ted Cruz as being an obstructionist and that kind of thing. I mean, this is the exact same thing that Democrats did to uh, to President Trump, right? It is a procedural thing that in the end that in the end will right. not matter. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, there are far more than fifty votes of support for, for Gina Raimondo in the U.S. Senate. But even if there weren't, there's a fifty-fifty plus one with Kamala Harris. So it's more about the timing, um, and it is more about you know, yes, Ted Cruz gets to score some points. Um, But you're right, this does push off uh, potentially, yeah, into kind of that last week of February or the second to last week, no, the last week of February. And, uh, you know, she does, I mean, she's going to continue to kind of run the state, but Dan McKee is spending a lot of time, you know, telling people who he wants to come in and telling people, you know, he's told a bunch of the communications staff in the governor's office that uh, they will not be on his staff. Um, you know, going forward with one he is sworn in. So there's a lot, just a lot in limbo, it, it, it feels like. And again, to go back to the governor answering questions from the press, I mean, here, he's going to face the kind of scrutiny from us to say, hey, you know, why aren't you talking? Why, you know, the parking lot is not sufficient. I don't think it's sufficient to the people who got the interviews.
0: Right. And Dan McGowan, what do you make of? I mean, some of the comments. I'm working as hard as they ever have. Uh, I'm working nonstop. Uh, I want to step back to give him an opportunity. I mean, I, I mean, I do. I, yeah, don't, I, I just mean, don't buy I any it of it. It's
1: Hard to believe when we know that you spent a lot of time yeah. making phone calls to, to. By the way, as you're supposed to making phone calls to U.S. senators ahead of your confirmation. Yes. Now, do I think that she still mans the ships? You know, the daily morning. COVID update that they all get on and things like that. Yeah, I, I think that she can do those things. You know, she she's done a lot of work that the press doesn't cover any, right? We don't cover every single thing that she does when she wakes up in the morning. But the idea that she wanted the, the lieutenant governor to, you know, really kind of fine footing. I mean, that that completely contradicts sort of the fighting that was happening behind the scenes and did bubble up into public between the two staffs. So, uh, yeah, it's hard to believe. I mean, how do you answer it, right? You don't want to throw the president on the bus and you want to find the possible argument for why it's okay that you're avoiding the media. And I guess that's what they came up with, but it it certainly, doesn't pass the stiff test by any means.
0: And Damon Gowan, just one last comment on this whole situation to me. There's a couple elements here that I would just be leery of if I'm Team Bramondo. And that's number one of all the people in the Senate, Ted Cruz is not oh. the one that you want, like opposed to. This is not some random Republican we've never heard of in some, some far along state. That's number one. Number two, I think if you throw China into the mix, that's a recipe for problems. So again, she's kind of along for the ride. He placed a hole on her, on her, um, the full Senate uh, uh, vote. And I, I, I mean, I'd like to think that it's going to proceed, but who knows with what happens after this week, what type of politics they want to play. I also want to point out you have a very interesting story in today's Boston Globe about this charter school that they want to start up. And now it could yeah, be running. Yeah, I, so. I, I think
1: this is an important story. You know, for, there's, there's this ongoing and it's a perpetual battle about charter schools at the state house between, of course, the public employee unions and then the you know, the the pro-charter folks. And what I wanted to do with this story, there's a vote today, in fact, where the the Senate is going to, uh, is almost certainly going to vote to, um, basically call, issue a moratorium on new charter schools opening for the next three years. And the, the challenge with that is it runs up against just only a couple of weeks or months ago where the state board of education uh, approved a bunch of new charter schools, almost 6,000 new seats of charter schools, that's 6,000 students over the course of time, but, but would end up being 6,000 students. And, right. um, and so in this one Providence Preparatory Charter School, it's a school that uh, that wants to cater. By the way, as you and I have talked about, the middle schools in Providence are where the real true problem is generally speaking people think you can get your kids through elementary school and if you get into classical you're in okay shape the middle schools are where you you really run into a a difficult thing that's why you see a lot of middle school parents uh send their kids to private school so this this school wants to open and it's it's uh an ambitious project they they want to have they want to start with fifth and sixth graders and it would go it would end up going fifth sixth seventh eighth um and they have a 226-day school year. They have more than eight and a half hours of school every day. Uh, they get their weekends, of course, but the, the, every every weekday. Uh, this would be a major change, even more significant, I think, in some ways than some of these bigger, well-known charters like an Achievement First, for example. Because when you're when you have that much longer, keep in mind we're talking more than 40 days extra to the school year. Um, Over the course of a year, it would be mm. a year-round model. There would be more breaks in between, but uh, it would be a year-round model. And, you know, they, they've they raised some money for this school. They have, um, you know, they found a building for this school. They've signed a lease. They have kind of a plan. They're beginning to recruit uh, students to come to the school. And today the Senate's going to vote. And the, the what we don't know is how it's going to happen with the House and whether or not either Governor Raimondo or the new Governor McKee will... You know, sign it into law, but there's a lot of kind of it's just very much up in the air at a time when this poor school is, is saying we this is our go moment, right? This is the moment to get everything in order because we want to open in the fall. Um, and you know, can you imagine a scenario if up in June not knowing yet whether or not they can open? Imagine all the families that are going to think they're going to this school. Uh, and so it's a it's a real mm. uh, it's a real challenge right now. and I, I wanted to highlight that because it, that's one of those stories that gets lost in the politics of it all.
0: You know, and if I were them, I mean, it's sad because this sounds the drastic change that that Providence needs uh, to get the type of results they're looking for. The eighth grade test results in Providence are just atrocious. But what would make me concerned is Mary Ellen Goodwin, who again, she's like the go-to person for the unions. Her quote of, well, you know, funding of charter schools comes directly from traditional public schools. You know, that's that sounds like it was written by the teachers. Yeah, union, and there's no question. I mean,
1: I don't even think she would deny it. Senator Goodwin is very close with the Providence Teachers Union president, Mary Beth Calabro. Uh, and so, you know, you can bet that's exactly where this kind of uh, rhetoric is coming from. The thing is, is that, you know, for someone like me who's covered this for a really long time, I'll say, John, there is a legitimate argument about funding, right? There, there, There is actually, you know, a, a decent conversation that can happen. The thing is, is that you never see the, the opposite happen. You never see, let's hold off on, you know, let, let's pause the new funding for the public schools uh, while we decide how this all works. It's always just, Let's focus on the charter schools. That might not be a great example, but it is true. You, it's always about what, how to stop the charter school. Never about how to uh, fix. Let's the the traditional public schools.
0: Right, mm. folks. Quick break. A lot more Dan McGowan with Boston Globe right here on the John DePillo show. The heating season is here, folks. You need to call J.K.L. Engineering today. J.K.L. 401 351 Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas high efficiency carrier infinity system. The energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you think no gas, hey, guess what? No problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a high efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient. Reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates of the market, And they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL is a carry factory authorized dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, JKL's reputation is second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved national grid BPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL. Estimates of free financing is available. 401-351-7600. Rhode Island, Massachusetts, it's J.K.L. Engineering. 401-351-7600. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, before I ask you, um, and there's, the roadmap today is great. We mentioned even, uh, I, I was intrigued by who has the best donuts in Rhode Island. But as as we wait for incoming governor mckee to take over uh is there anyone you feel confident in saying that we should expect some some changes because um i think you can well i mean director administration brett smiley i i I can't imagine he's going to be sticking around much longer and based on some of the news he's gotten himself into i don't think the mckee people would want him but anyone you feel comfortable at this point or is it all it's still, very still preliminary pre- what i would say
1: to, to the brett smiley point in fact i actually just in the last hour or two got a uh, comment from the McKee people they say we re- will remain on uh through the budget process what i don't know uh if what that means in, in terms of is that for the you know are we talking march when the budget gets introduced it's going to help until then or are we actually Real budget process, which doesn't, you know, really happen until June, uh, which is a major difference in the timeline. So they they intend to keep him on. I think they need they know they need somebody who, kind knows how to do this. Um, so they're going to take the heat a little bit, and, and this means Brett Smiley, a mayoral candidate, is going to continue to take heat about who he raises money from, and in all of those things. Um, I think you can uh, certainly. Secretary Pryor, the Commerce Secretary, um, appears to be on his way out. The thing that I would I call and certainly the DLT yeah. director, Scott Jensen, I believe, is 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 on his way out. The thing that I would caution is by on your way out, when you're when you're up, when you're secretary prior and you could kind of do whatever you want, when you might already have a job lined up in, in the case of uh Jensen and some of these other people, you know, on your way out could mean Friday or it could mean, you know, April first, right? So Uh, I think there's a bunch of people who are having these conversations with Dan McKee to say, I'm not going to be here for the long term, but I will help you as much as I can. And so we're all kind of waiting for the big transition. um, And that may actually kind of trickle out over time more so than it would, you know, governor sworn in. And there's a famous story is about, uh, I think, when John Lombardi became the mayor of Providence uh, after Buddy. And, you know, he kind of just hired everybody. Uh, I don't think I don't think you're going to see the same yeah. scenario uh, uh, like that with Dan McKay.
0: Dan hey, McGowan, are you surprised at the, the story on Smiley simply because you were the one that broke the news August of 2014 that he was pulling out of the race going to have the press conference and basically endorse Mayor or They swore there was no deal. And then he ended, ended up as like the vice mayor or lieutenant mayor. Or, he wasn't chief of staff because that was Tony Simon. But what what struck me was that race he came out of yeah. the box Do you remember he was doing television commercials remember like brett's got a plan for this and brett's got a plan for that and <clears throat> i mean this this mayoral run for providence that he wants this this is getting off to a horrendous start with the totally right i uh
1: yeah. what he may benefit from is these kind of stories coming out eighteen months before a primary are great for him, right? Because the people who are gonna give him money, they don't care about this, right? They're they are, you know, east side, true blue, you know, Brett Smiley people. So sure. what he's gonna continue to do is he'll take the heat. Uh, and it's legitimate heat, by the way. You know, he should have been he should have fought harder and should have had people working with him a little bit tighter to make sure that he wasn't Uh, you know, taking money, even though it's not direct, it's, it's, you know, it's who works for a place that has a state contract, things like that. Um, The thing that I think he benefits from though, is again, a year from now there are going to be candidates who are going to try and make him sound corrupt, but a a weird campaign contribution story. I've covered a million of them. I love those stories. Very rare up for the general public, right? It's very confusing. It's very, it's going to be very in the weeds. And so, you know, the, the attempt to make Brett Smiley out to be corrupt, if I'm him, I counter that with, you know, uh, uh, the former governor and U.S. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo saying, you know, Brett's my guy. Uh, I think that says a lot more. Than probably you know the the accusations of corruption, but it certainly is not off to a good start, and we have to talk about right because there's no there's no policy conversation. Yeah, we're not going to have a debate for a year and a half probably, and so right now it's all about who you're raising money from, and so and he's raising the most, and so he's getting the most scrutiny.
0: When I um, hear and read a story about state vendors feeling. Obligated to donating to a campaign, right. I think Ed DePree. Now that obviously that goes back a while, but and it's not obviously. I'm not making there's no allegation that there's any type of um, you know there was yeah. there was a lot going on with the DePree days. Just just put it that way. But at the same time, I'm just surprised he's been riding this wave with the ramondo administration standing there on stage. I think it'd be a little more of dotting the i's and crossing the t's to make sure that everything's you know as it should be. And you start to return more than five grand and have That's right the media now watching who's donating to you. I I, I was surprised at that. Folks, there's uh, some other stories in today's Boston Globe, and uh, and they're <laughs> worth reading. One is best donuts in New England according to Food and Wine, and also your colleague uh, Amanda Malkovitz, who is great covering the courts. She has a great story on uh, the judge finally yeah, has ruled now on this Barrington I, assault. I feel
1: case. like in I covered no part of that Barrington assault crate case, but I. I honestly monitored it from afar and watched Amanda's coverage of it, and it kind of felt like that's where it seemed like things were going. That he that Sky wasn't going to get, you know, a, a significantly stiff sentence. Um, but uh, you know, you, you did in the back of your head, you kind of thought, boy, in the in the sort of time we're living in, is there a is there an F book at the guy? Uh, And so Amanda, you know, wrote a whole story on it and and just the the way that came out. Um, uh, Yeah. And and by the way, I thought of you immediately on our, (laughs) on the best donuts because the winner in Rhode Island, Ali's Donuts, of course.
0: (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) Obviously not a vote on that, but folks, uh, that, and also how much it costs at Brown, you can read all of this if you get roadmap the way that I do, and it's a daily email and Dan McGowan, if you could yeah, extend it the best to part about uh, it, it's everyone free. that's listening right now. Uh, and
1: so if you just send me a blank email to rinews at globe.com, rinews, <clears throat> excuse me, at globe.com, uh, you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow. And the best part is, like I said, it's free. You get actual new reporting or analysis from me. You get all the links that John and I talk about every week to the stories that we're doing. Um, and then you get a little bit of a rundown of kind of what's happening today, right? Where's used to be where's the governor today, which is we can't really find her very often, but uh you know, what, the impeachment trials happening, things like that. So it takes four and a half, five minutes to read tops and you're kind of set to begin the day. You'll get up before AM so RI news at globe.com and you'll start getting
0: it tomorrow. Folks he's Dan McGown of the Thanks Boston Globe. So Dan, great one. job, stay safe Mega Logistics. They're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401 401- Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MIGA Logistics. 401-431-2300.
2: 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com.
0: This winter, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Make Henry Oil. Make the switch. Make Henry Oil your reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery company. 401 521 Residential, commercial, fuel oil delivery. Fuel oil, diesel, gasoline. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. It's Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call them today 401 521 Remember, with Henry Oil automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website henryoil.com or call them today 401 401- 521 0200. Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today, 401 521 0200. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery, service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable, fuel oil delivery serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. It's Henry oil. Call them 401-521-0200 this winter. I'm asking you to switch to Henry oil online at henryoil.com.